Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I am so excited that you are joining us today. As you may remember, this podcast exists because words matter, and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we hope that this time will challenge you to choose to communicate in healthy ways. Hopefully, it will encourage you, give you hope, and inspire you. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, today, we're diving into kind of a fun topic when it comes to communication, when it comes to healthy communication. And it's something that many leaders, uh, many employees have to deal with as they work at organizations, uh, many leaders who lead organizations go through and deal with. And that's about the world of succession and transition for an organization. And more and more organizations are going through successions and transitions. And especially in the church world, more and more churches are uh, transitioning their lead and senior pastors to new lead and senior pastors. And so some are done in healthy ways, some are done in unhealthy ways, and some are done with a mixture of both. So today we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of all these transitions. And we get to dive into a very real story of our guest succession and transition. And this is kind of fun for me because he is the lead pastor of Thrive Church in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. He's just a great leader, great communicator, has just a phenomenal family. And I'll let him tell you more. But Dave Shepard, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you. Great to talk with you. And such a cool topic to dig into because it's so important for everything that we do. Absolutely. Well, all morning, I won't sing it on the podcast, but all morning, my son has been singing the song that I wrote for you a bunch of years ago and uh, just oh, no. brought back all those years of memories, you know, all those years. I of believe memories. every voicemail you left me ever started with the exact same jingle that you wrote for me. It did. It did. I still write <laughs> jingles. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. That was it. Well, Dave, maybe you could, because I could go on and on and talk about you, but maybe you could just kind of give us a little bit more of your story, your background, who you are, what you do, your family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I am a Michigan boy through and through. Unfortunately, in today's climate, like literally today's climate, like we're talking negative outside. Today's the day I wish I would have moved somewhere else. Uh, but from year, I love. I love where we're at. Uh, I grew up in the mid-Michigan area, transferred over to the central Michigan area for college where I studied music education. Every hope and dream I had in my body was to study music, to teach music. Uh, and then I met this really cute violin player in the orchestra there and decided <laughs> she should be mine, right? And so uh, we started dating, got married. My wife and I have since then lived in this area. But for me, transitioning from being a music teacher to going into ministry, like that was a fun story. Like I told my wife three weeks before we got married that I was going to not do education, but I was going into ministry. So if you want to start a fun conversation with your fiance, that's one way. Uh, and not only that, I had to raise full support to do this job. Well, well all security was checked out the window right there. Wow. Uh, transferred into ministry. And I haven't looked back since. I spent seven years working in campus ministry from creative arts to uh, into a teaching pastor role, into an executive pastor role. And I've kind of kept this fun little side hobby for me of doing live entertainment and live production on the side so I can still flex that creative muscle in what I do. And, um, and now, since then, uh, we've got three kids, three incredible kids that we get to raise uh, in the Shepherd community, a tiny little community outside of the Mount Pleasant area where Central Michigan University is. 
Uh, and I, I have the luxury of having the world's greatest cheerleader uh, in my wife and a team, uh, my kids behind us that just support and encourage everything that we do. So I was in ministry seven years, felt uh, this tug like God had something more for me. And so I explored what that would be, what that would look like, and had a few really uh, incredible job offers given to me to do high power ministry and high power uh, areas. And I just couldn't shake the feeling that God was telling me I had more to do in central Michigan. Wow. So I decided to meet with this guy who was planting a church in central Michigan. His name was Jason Rates. Great guy. Really beautiful man. I don't know if you've ever seen him before. Uh, (laughs) I'm blushing, Dave. (laughs) You should be. Uh, And so, you know, I sat down with you. We had this natural chemistry and a natural connection on just a vision that I felt like God was giving me toward ministry and what what we could accomplish in the Central Michigan area. And it was just straight like literally word for word, the vision you were sharing and the vision that God had placed on my heart just met and meshed. And now seven years later, I'm still here with uh, Thrive Church and living the dream now as lead pastor here and getting to shepherd this community toward whatever God brings us to next. It's pretty fun. Wow. Well, wow. oh, I can remember that meeting like it was yesterday, sitting down at Cheers, not really quite knowing, okay, w- what is this all about? And uh, just kind of getting to know you. And then by the end of the meeting, I was like, I think I think Dave just told me we're hiring him and he's he's coming on our team. You were like so we, Jedi. It was like yeah, such the, great the phrase you used was Jedi mind trick. Yes. That's what it was. But that meeting, I mean, it was so much fun. It was uh, so one, part, one part office references. And one part church vision. And that's like right. That, those are my three favorite things all in one place. Yeah, it was incredible. It was uh, I loved it. And it was a uh, it was a joy uh, leaving that lunch that day. And and um, so it was just fantastic. Well, this episode, I really wanted to dive into this topic of succession and transition because you've lived it. Like uh, recently, I listened to a Kerry Newhoff podcast episode where he and Sean Morgan were talking about you know, all the churches. I mean, Saddleback just went through this and so many churches have gone through these succession and transitions. And so uh, for me, it still feels pretty fresh, even though it was a couple of years ago. Uh, And so it might not be as fresh for you because you've lived it every single day, uh, you know, since all that's happened. But we have an interesting relationship uh, because I was the founder and, you know, kind of started the thing. And now you are the successor and taking it you know, in the path and the direction where God's, you know, called you to do. So I guess I, I thought this conversation would be helpful to pastors and business leaders who are going through this kind of transition or who will go through it at some point. So maybe you're transitioning to a new job and you have to learn how to communicate with your new team or your new boss or the people in your life to make the transition. So there's so much to this. So Dave, I thought we'd just kind of jump right in. What was the succession like for you? Kind of take us you know, into that story a little bit so we can just kind of get your feel about, you know, how that all kind of came about. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when we did it, when transition from your leadership of this church into mine, we were in the midst of 2020, right? So transition was the name (laughs) of the game. Like it was a year of transition. It was a year of change. It was a year of unexpected, unpredictables, you know? And so it was almost kind of funny, like what's one more transition to add into the mix here, right? As as you shifted out into a new role, as I shifted in, uh, we even changed locations as a church at that same time because of different restrictions that the state had in place. Uh, but the transition between you and I, I think was pretty seamless uh, and actually worked pretty beautifully because of the fact that uh, I was already on this team. I had already built rapport 
with this church and with the leadership team that we were working with. Uh, at that point, I was executive pastor, and so I was already overseeing the staff team. And so it was a natural uh, connection that we had moving there, and I was a regular part of the teaching team, and so I was a familiar face up on stage. So that part of the transition, I think, happened pretty naturally and pretty easily. Um, but I think, you know, the moment came when you and I had our first conversation. We were, uh, we would have been remote at the time, right? Where it would have been summer of 2020. Uh, nobody is in person. Nobody's meeting together. And I remember the conversation we had over the phone where you just kind of laid out, hey, here's, here's what's going on. Uh, here's what I'm looking at. I think this may be leading toward a transition and toward a succession. And uh, you straight up said to me, I think you're the guy. Uh, which I think in that moment, I either wet my pants or I needed to uh, excuse myself for a minute in some way, shape or form. Uh, but I, I think it was a good gut check moment. Like this was a moment where I'm like, OK, I, I need to really evaluate what does God have for me next? What does this look like? How do we move forward in this? Because moving from a second chair position into a first chair position is a big transition. That's a big shift. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. when you're in the second chair, you have the luxury of if something goes bad, you know, it's, there's still somebody else you can point to. If there's right. a hard situation that you don't want to deal with or that right. maybe is a little bit above you, you have somebody else you can lean on. Yep. Uh, or if there's moments where you have to really check vision of is this really where we want to go? There's somebody to bounce that off of. And now to shift into that position where the buck stops here, all that weight, all that pressure, all that responsibility now falls on you. That's yep. that's a big change. And so uh, I, you know, I processed through that with my wife. I processed through that with my family. Just constant words of encouragement just kept coming to me. Uh, and so I just, I felt through prayer, I felt through those conversations and through my relationship with you and the things we work through together. Like this is exactly uh, what we need to have happen so that we can carry forward the, the vision, the ministry, the culture of this church without changing it, without yeah. uh, sacrificing that but to carry it forward into phase two, really what it looks like to move into the next chapter and what does it mean to carry that forward with the same vision, same goals, same objectives, but a new leader in the front yeah. seat. And so, you know, yeah. I, I feel like for me, it was probably a year and a half into this transition before I really started to feel like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I'm starting to gain momentum. I'm starting to get a feel for who I am in this leadership role, what this looks like to lead this organization. And then momentum started falling. And so, you know, I think transitions, we underestimate how much time they're going to take. Right. We think, we think, you know, I'm going to jump in and, you know, in this case, you moved states. And so it's not even like you're still there and, and you're coming forward and speaking from time to time, but just stepping back. Like it, it was a, an abrupt change yep. to do that. Um, and we think, okay, abrupt change. Here we go. We're off to the races, but it takes time to build those relationships. Yep. It takes time to develop your leadership potential. It takes time to yep. step into that moment and feel those visions that God's flooding into you for how do you move this forward? Uh, how do you lead teams? How do you do this? Uh, and how do you do that in such a way that both honors the person who left before you and honors your church or your organization as you move forward to let them know that they're valued, that they're loved, that yep. these relationships matter. Uh, because nobody, when a leader transitions, I think sometimes we think, you know what, we're leaders. We love change. Uh, I know you and I share that in common. We love change. Yeah. We love shaking things up. We love all that sort of stuff. So for me to change in this role wasn't a shock. It wasn't, uh, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with myself? It's change. I welcome that. I bring that in. But most people are not yeah. change people. Most right. people don't get excited about change. 
And especially in a relationship, the only relationships we're excited to lose are the ones that are toxic yeah. or the ones that are hurtful. Yeah. And so to have a relationship with somebody that we love dearly, somebody who's led us for years, and now to be shifting that into a new person, into a new role, it, it, it's a process and it takes yep. time. And uh, I, I've never looked back. I think it was clear for both of us that God was leading this through. We knew it needed to happen and how to carry it forward. Uh, but I think there are so many things that you just could never be prepared for until you actually experience yep. it firsthand. Absolutely. For years as a leader, I've just tried to always um, present possibilities and situations to people, even if they didn't see them coming or thought they were ready. Like it's just it's just one of the joys that I have, you know, where I'd be sitting in the front row and I'd be like, hey, it's your turn to go do the announcements or whatever. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? I'm going to kill you. I'm like, no, no, you can do this. You Surprise. Know? Yeah. But the thing, you know, with the succession with you is like I. Like I had no doubt you weren't ready. Like that was the, the fun part, you know, and you nailed it with the transitions. Like even if it's you're switching jobs or a new role or, you know, all of that, it just speaks to like the, the emotional depth and weight that's underneath us because, you know, you're learning a new thing. You're learning a new way to communicate. Your team's learning a new way to communicate. The people that you lead are learning so you just, you just nailed that. It just takes time. And for me, on the other end, it was crazy because I, I knew down deep, I wasn't going to be in central Michigan forever, you know? And, and the tough part for me is like, I wanted to, because I still, I still look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, what an amazing culture. What an amazing community of people that God brought together. And we got to be a part. I'm like, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a dream world, but I also had this like trans, this you know, like I, I just knew that, okay, I had missed, you know, being in a, a bigger climate and culture and those kind of things. And so the joy of like having those early conversations for me was like, I know, I know he's the guy like this is, you yeah. know, this is so fun. And on, on the other end for me, it's, it's fun to watch how, how God works through those moments because you were feeling that tension. Like I, this isn't where I need to be forever. There's something more. And I'm on the other end experiencing the tension of I've been given offers somewhere else, but I felt like God was saying, no, there's right. more for you to do here. Exactly. And so the way that he could work through that moment, I think it, it was just made it so clear that this is what needed to happen and how we could play it out. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, do you think you were ready? I mean, as you go back, I know we're kind of walking back in the past, but you know, as you had those first conversations with, you know, your wife and then, you know, those, those closest to you as you're going, okay, should I step into this? You know, at the time where you like, oh yeah, I'm so ready. I'm ready to do this. Was there some ambivalence, you know, were you prepared kind of take us into that? Yeah, I think yes and no. Uh, I think I had, I'd felt the tug, like, like God was pulling me toward more. And I, I'm a natural uh, achieving leader. Like I like to move up ladders. I like to do those sort of things. Um, but for me at that point, it, I'd spent eight years in a second chair seat. And so it, it really was those questions that I was wrestling through with my wife of, am I ready? Do you yeah. think this is the right move for us? Um, what, what does this look like? How will this play out? Am I ready for the weight of that responsibility? And I don't know that anyone Okay, maybe right. some people will say, yes, I'm ready. But those are probably the people who shouldn't be ready. Right. Uh, there, was, there was so much of that gut check in me, like, are you really ready for this? Is this really something you're, you're going to go into? 
And I remember one conversation I had with my brother who, uh, one of my brothers is just a fantastic support system in ministry because of his experience. Uh, and he just straight over the phone was like, no, no, this is your moment. You step into this, you run. This is where God has you. So here you go. And that, that voice of encouragement, those people speaking life into me, even the church here, this community of going, no, 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 I think, I think you're the guy. It was just, I couldn't have walked away if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. Are there any questions, you know, as, as you, if, if you're, you know, talking to a leader who's about to step into that role, are there any questions that you would go back in time and go, oh, I wish I would have asked, you know, Jason this or asked the elders this or asked my, my family, um, you know, when it comes to the preparation or it comes to stepping into that or the, the new weight, cause you nailed that. There's just, there, there's just a different weight with that chair. Uh, as much as, as much as some people will say, no, no, they're all equally, boy, there's just a different weight. So are there any questions that you would go, Hey, make sure you ask this. See, I think, you know, I've thought about that over the last couple of years, like, man, what are the things if I could go back and ask again? Cause, cause our transition process was actually relatively short, right? Especially in, in church transition or even leadership transition in general, that right. transitions don't happen quickly. Ours did. Um, and there were still even times in our quick transition where I'm like, boy, that felt like it took forever, but right. it didn't, it was, it was within a couple of months that we worked right. through this entire process. Um, and so I think for me, if I could go back and do anything, I think I would spend more time with you on figuring out how do you handle some of that weight of the spiritual care and the leadership that has to mix together simultaneously mm. in our role as church leaders, because yeah. you're not just leading an organization. And you're not just pastoring, you're doing both. Right. And how do you balance those out? And, you know, some weeks I've experienced are just, and I know you've experienced these before too, are just the most wild roller coaster ride ever, where you're planning a funeral with somebody. And then the next moment you're uh, celebrating the birth of a child in the hospital. Uh, you have somebody who just lost their job. And then the next person who comes in is somebody who just landed their dream job. And then you do counseling for marriages and you sit down with people who are walking through the hard moments of life and everything in between. And it is just such, I don't know that anyone can fully prepare you yep. for what it looks like to be able to on the dime switch and be with somebody at where they're at in life, regardless of where I'm at in life yep. and what I'm processing through. I need to be on their level. I need to be helping them. And I think the weight of that is really the weight that I felt most that if I could go back, I would ask you more about mm -hmm. how you handled that, how you coped through some of those things and yeah. how you helped people even when you're not feeling it. Yeah. And so I think that's where I would jump more, spend more time in if we could yeah. go back and do it again. Yeah. You're so right. Like, you know, as I read about successions and transitions, you know, I mean, especially pastoral roles and like even CEOs or those kind of things. I mean, some of them are like three months would be like the minimum, like so fast, you know, but it's like a four to six month range. And, you know, what I loved about our succession, yeah, it was still two to three months, but we just had the, you know, the, the history there and, you know, that knowledge, like, so, you know, when you, you talk about it being fairly seamless, like I, I felt that way too, because I, I hoped, I hope this is my hope as I look back and I think about my time leading Thrive Church. I hope I led in a way that it, it wasn't all about Jason and the Jason show and trying to be a celebrity pastor. And so one of the things that, you know, made me the proudest was that we had a teaching team that, 
you know, other people had opportunity, you know, that, that the lead person was always up in front and up in front of every, you know, volunteer group and leader. And I think you kind of took that, that mantle right on. And I think for our church, like it just spoke volumes because I think there was just that moment where people were like, oh yeah, we know Dave, we love Dave. He's been here, you know, and, and we were able to communicate it that way. Like that, that to me was just, you know, kind of a, a beautiful part of the, the transition. I've experienced and I've coached lots of leaders who they come into a new role. I mean, I was on a conversation this morning with a new new leader in a new role and he, you know, two months in, he's not the lead, but he's just ready to make all the changes. And I was like, okay, got, you know, you have your own vision and it's, it's, it's rightfully so you've been put in that position, but you know, make those changes, communicate them and, and just take, take as much time as you think you can without exploding. So you don't implode, you know, parts of the, you know, the organization for you, you know, were there things that you're like, okay, I know this needs to change. Can I, is this like, can I do it right away? Do I need to take it over time? You know, how many of those were there for you and how did you go about communicating them? You know, as, as you, you know, cause it's, it's rightfully so you're the leader now and you got to make some of those shifts and changes, you know, kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I think we had some some natural advantages and disadvantages to where we were at. It's 2020, right? So things are changing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nobody expects the same coming back to whatever normalcy we were ever going to come right. back to. Right. Um, and, you know, so I think there were some things where people are like, okay, what's another change? And some things where, no, no, we, we need to take our time with this one. We need to adjust this. Uh, I think, you know, me being an internal person who rose up into a new position that, that really helped this transition yeah. to not be something where you've got a new leader with a new set of agendas, a new set of goals, a new vision, a new, like that's not where we were at. And for organizations that do experience that, man, you need to take your time. You need to roll that out slowly because people don't change quickly. Right. And organizations don't change quickly. Right. You, you kill trust, you kill credibility, you kill relationships by doing that. Um, but for us and where we were at, I think the number one thing that worked for us and to our advantage was it's 2020, we're coming back, things are changing, and we really need to evaluate, do our systems, do our processes, do our methods even work anymore? Yeah. Some yeah. of them did, some of them didn't. Uh, and so we can adjust those, we can do that. But what it really allowed us to do was to look at our vision and go, do we believe this vision is exactly what God has called us to? Yep. And for us around this, the table, uh, the elder board, the board of directors, our staff team, it really got us to a place where we not only believed in the vision that we are were already carrying, but we doubled down on it. Like, yeah. no, 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 this is exactly yeah. who we were called to be. This yeah. is why we exist for this moment. And so we're just going to pursue this even harder than we ever have before. And that I think helped the transition and it helped people to buy in inside of the church too, because they weren't now forced to face something new. Right. They're in fact, just being reminded of what they already know and why we care so passionately. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a, you know, a blessing that we could make the transition from an internal point of view. You know, I know churches and organizations go through it where they bring in outside people and then everybody's, you know, you're like picking which one. And, and so it was really great that it, you know, it worked out that way. Not to sound selfish or prideful, but I, I just think it, it would be helpful. Are there things that, you know, you wish I would have done differently, said differently, things that, you know, succession and transition leaders, well, you, you, you know, 
you got to definitely do this, you know, I'm because I'm, you know, trying to help some of those practical steps for leaders kind of going through it. And, you know, as you went through it, you're, are there anything on your list that it's like, yeah, if that wouldn't have happened, that would have been good. No, that was a good thing. Yeah. Anything that kind of comes to your mind? Well, at first, I think, you know, your greatest weaknesses were that you worked too hard, you cared too much, and you were invested into your job. Right. <laughs> right. I got to put right. to our office and says, right? Your yes. greatest weaknesses are also your strength. Uh, no, I think, you know, this one is probably more specific to pastoral successions than it is for other organizations, though I think there are still things that can apply from this. Uh, but when you pastor somebody, you're walking through life with them. Yeah not just in front of them teaching. You're not just casting vision. You're doing life with people. You get to know their intimate details. You walk through uh, hills and valleys with people. And sometimes when when you get in those positions and we have a pastoral success and change, it, it feels like that pastor isn't just leaving the organization. They're leaving me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And so I think that was one of the things that uh, I think when I look at this and look back at our transition, I think one of the things we probably could have spent more time doing is some of those baton handoffs with people yep. individually a little yep. bit better. I think yep. we did a good job publicly. I think we did a good job from stage of transitioning and even just peeling back the curtains on the process. We did a good job of being transparent and vulnerable through that. But I think if, boy, you know, if I go back and think, boy, could we do something better if we went back and redid yep. this again? I think more time with the two of us communicating face to face with individuals like, hey, I know we've walked through this together uh, and for you to go, hey, we've we've experienced this. But here's Dave. Like Dave is going to walk with you. He's going to he's going to be there with you every step of the way. I'm not leaving you high and dry. I'm leaving you with this guy. And I think, you know, not that you did a poor job of that. I don't think that in the slightest, but I think there are always. Yeah, for sure. We could have done more of those things to help people to know that uh, personally, more than just an organization, but personally, we're caring for you through this transition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The family component is just, and that's in the podcast I referred to a little bit ago. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but they talked about just that succession because you feel like you're a family and you're losing that family member. And yeah, yeah for sure. That would, and then, and that would, you know, as a deep feeler, as a four on the Enneagram, you know, that was the hardest part for me because I, I know of people who were, you know, very let down by, very let down by me. I mean, relationships that are still not anywhere near where they were. And that, whew, that's difficult. Even if, as I've spent, I feel like I've spent a couple of years trying to repair some of that. Oh, I wish. I think yeah. it's even more difficult for somebody uh, like you who is a deep feeler because you're also grieving the losses right. that you're walking away from while also simultaneously supposed to be helping other people process and heal through their grief. Right. And that's a hard position to be in. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was one of the other things. I think if I could go back and uh, again, like I think one of the other things that we really had to navigate and you and I worked through this a couple of different times, sometimes more gracefully than others in our transition was learning the what does it mean to have a balance between uh, for you as the transitioning out guy? Yeah. How do you support and encourage and be a resource, but also give space to let me lead uh, and make the decisions I need to. And I think there were times that we nailed that and other times where uh, I think we both misfired in those areas. And so I think there there's always uh, a better balance that we could figure out. And I don't know that there's an answer to that. I think yeah. it's specific to the people who are transitioning. 
of what that looks like and how yeah. they can work together. But I think that's another thing that if we could, again, if we could go back and redo or, or figure out quicker, boy, that would have been awesome. Oh yeah. No, I, I think of the, the, the one misfire and it, and I think, I think the misfire, I, I think you led pretty graciously through it. You know, you're right. You nailed it. Like we're all dealing with the grief and then we're dealing with the new world and, you know, I had moved and then, you know, parts of my family are still really involved and engaged, you know, at your church now. And, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, new setup and grief. And yeah, one of those situations, definitely 99.9 plus 0.1%, 100% on me, where I can, I can still pinpoint the field I was standing in as you and I were talking and kind of working through that you know, that kind of yuck and mess. And I just appreciate that you, you know, took the time to be able to walk through it. And I've tried to, you know, learn kind of that balance of, you know, how do you, yeah, how do you support from afar? How do you still, you know, because I'm, you know, unbelievably proud of you and Thrive Church and the leadership and the new day. But then, you know, how do I still be unbelievably proud of when I was there and, you know, looking at that. So, yeah. You know, and on our end, it's the same thing, but in reverse, like how do we continue to celebrate you and what you did to help set us up for where we are and what you're doing now, but without also living in the past in such right. a way that we can move forward. Absolutely. And there's, there's a delicate balancing act to be found through there. Yeah. Well, if you don't put up a gold statue of me at the hub offices, then I, I don't know how I can ever move forward. You want me to show you the picture? It's already up. It rotates. You know, it's got this 360 degree rotation so we can see both your good side and your bad side. Can my hands just move and come together? No, <laughs> no. I, and that's where, you know, I mean, yeah, I just think of, I have, Dave, I've had conversations with pastors who, you know, their, their successor or their successee or however it works, they will not speak. They will not talk to each other. You know, there's such bad blood yeah. and, you know, I, I tried to get to the place where even in my feeling standpoint, even where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would do it that way. It doesn't matter. Like I want to support and lead because I'm proud of, you know, what you guys are doing and be a part. Actually, crazy, short, funny story. I filmed a reel a couple weeks ago and I had my Thrive hat on because it's been freezing here at Tampa, 45 degrees on my morning walk. I saw it. I saw your and reel. Was, but now I'm getting churches that are like sending me DMs going, Hey, can we send you our swag? I'm like, oh, <laughs> look out. So you're saying we got to keep you up to date with swag so you can represent. That that would be amazing because I still think, sorry, Thrive has the best swag of any church out there. I just think. I, think I don't incredible. disagree at all. Yeah. We'll send you but, some uh, Florida booty shorts coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think, you know, if there's any advice I would give, especially if you're staying in a relationship with people. Like, I think you and I have done a pretty good job of, you know, our texts, our calls. We don't let way too much time. I mean, we had like one little gap where it was too much, but I was transitioning again from a church, which that's a whole other story for another day. But yep. uh, I think that's so important. So important. You know, I watch uh, Josh Howerton a lot, you know, senior pastor who took over for, you know, Steve's troop down in Texas and just, you know, their communication and, you know. I think to every opportunity I get, I love to just, you know, comment on your posts or brag about what Thrive's doing under your leadership, you know, and three, you just nailed it all. Like having those honest conversations and trying to, you know, work through it. 
healthy communication really is oxygen and it really just helps. It makes those a big difference. It really Absolutely. does. Absolutely. Anything else you'd share, you know, as you're just, if there's, you know, anything that you're like, oh, people make sure you, you grab hold of that. Man, I think when we're talking transitions and we're talking successions, no transition happens successfully accidentally, right? It takes great work. It takes uh, a lot of uh, being willing to be humble and being willing to put your pride aside and go, you know what, we're going to walk through this together. We're going to uh, come in and we're going to try to make this successful and seamless on both sides. When you come in with your own agenda, when you come in trying to assert dominance, uh, you're, you're not helping people. Uh, Nobody wants that. They want somebody who's going to walk with them. They want somebody who's going to do life with them. And uh, whether it's overseeing a leadership team or overseeing a church, people want to feel included. People want to feel cared for along the process. And so making sure that as you lead into this, that it's not about you and it's not about you stepping into a new role. It's about you That's helping good. others. That's and so it's good. about you uh, transitioning with the, the people instead of just around them, you know? And I think for me, one of the greatest things that I've learned and one of the greatest things uh, that I've had to check myself on is when you step into a new role, you got to be on the lookout for your insecurities to pop up yep. because they do yep. like crazy. Yep. And being okay with who you are and the way that you lead and the way that you make decisions and process through things and not being caught in the game of comparison of, well, what would they have done? And okay, yep. what do I do? And well, they were good at this and I'm good at this. And and playing that game, it, it'll just destroy you yep. if you're not if you're not humble about it. If you're not willing to to nip it in the bud before it becomes something big. Um, and and then again, the reminder always that successions take more time than you think. And yeah. so being ready for that and being patient through the process and not trying to rush it, but taking the time it really needs to breathe and to create a healthy life for both parties. Yep. I was asked so many times by uh, friends, pastor friends, people, how could you? like give up something that you planted. Like, what were you thinking? And I was, I can't, yeah, when you plant a church, like you're, you give everything, you know, but, but I guess I never thought Thrive was mine. You know, I thought it was ours as a team, ours as a community. And I mean, one of the proudest yeah, And I think of my you life, did a great job of building that culture too. Well, the, and the only thing I wish I would have been able to do is stand on stage and say, Dave Shepard is our next lead pastor. I didn't, I didn't get that opportunity and that's okay. But for me, like it's one of the proudest moments in my 26 years of ministry, being able to see you lead Thrive Church because <laughs> you're 10 times the leader that I'll ever be. Like there's just, I tell people all the time, you have so many more things together, so many more great thoughts. Like I, it, it just, it was just so proud to be able to communicate that to mm -hmm. people. And to see what you've done and how you've taken the team, like it's it's just been a riot being a cheerleader from afar. Oh, so I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And I can't Absolutely. wait. We celebrate our 10-year anniversary as a church this year, which you led for seven of those. Uh, and so I'm excited to bring you back up for that celebration and to give you the honor and the credit you deserve for all the work that went into planting this thing. Because it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you yeah. nailed it. You did it so successfully. Well, well. Dave, can't thank you enough. Like, really appreciate your time today. And let me just ask you, like, super, super fast, rapid-fire questions. Our people can kind of I'm ready. Bring them. Get to know you. What What's some of your favorite bands you run you run Sound and Lights for when you're doing those kind of side gigs? Oh goodness. Well, I think you're hoping that I'm going to pick Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, or or our friend Darius, but I'm not going to because you got that country bone and I don't. Uh, I think there's two. Two that come to mind that I, it's a toss up for me, either uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, 
together in uh, in show was just they were a riot doing a table read with them over scripting and all that that was that was next level uh <laughs> but but it's between that and toto oh wow Class, classic rock toto oh yeah okay okay best family moment of 2022 oh okay we took a family trip to disney mm. last fall 2022 and uh, my middle son liam he's got uh, crohn's disease and this was kind of a little bit of a trip to boost him up and give him a little bit of extra love and support after a tough year with that. Uh, and he got picked at the Laugh Factory, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Factory to <laughs> come up and tell a joke. And the dude is nervous to talk in front of people, but he mustered up courage. He told the greatest joke in the world and just left everybody laughing beside themselves. It was so much fun as a dad to celebrate that with him. I so much it. fun. I love it. Last question. Any podcast right now kind of rocking your world or, or you're kind of listening through? Uh, well, uh, there's two that I'm really hooked on right now. I'm, I'm still hooked on the Craig Groeschel leadership podcast. I think he just brings so much to the table on Absolutely. that. Uh, and I've recently become more and more hooked on, uh, Patrick Lencioni's at the table. There's some good, one. good nuggets that come through that one. That's a great one. Well, where can people find you online? Uh, you know, if they want to go check out what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm on all of your socials. Uh, uh, you you can find me um, personally at Dave at Dave Shepherd or our church ThriveChurchMI.com or on Facebook at ThriveChurchMI. We've just got so much stuff going on, so much that we'd love to share with you and walk through life with you. Love it. Well, thank you, Dave, for being on the podcast. Thanks for your vulnerability, your transparency, and I know that this will help a lot of leaders so much. Okay, so. Before you head off the podcast, listeners, don't forget that next month is the Speakers Conference. We're about a month away. I can't even believe it. Just imagine for a second being challenged by just such great speakers. Albert Tate, Mike Goodwin, April Diaz, Jason Burns. Imagine your growth of your speaking and your, your communication experience just going to that next level. And just imagine being recharged every single morning. You can wake up, walk on the beach. We're going to do a welcome luau. We're going to watch amazing sunsets in Clearwater. TheSpeakersConference.com, March 21 to 23. We'd love for you to be a part. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. Again, this podcast exists because words matter, and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, -on, -one, on a team, from a stage, or behind a screen, we hope this time challenged and inspired you to choose healthy communication because we know your world will be better. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.